welcome to Empowered Rx, a trauma-informed coaching and education platform. My name is Leah, and at Empowered Rx, we believe in the transformative and healing power of fitness, mindset, and nutrition. After experiencing trauma of my own, I realized how disorienting these experiences were and how hard it was to resume my normal health routines. Empowered Rx is a holistic program for those who've experienced trauma or who are struggling with mindset and mental health. Our coaching methods help you to build resiliency and healing through exercise and healthy living. We offer a variety of courses from body image to weightlifting, from one-to-one mentorship to small group training. Empowered is a holistic approach to women's fitness where we dive deep. Because your story is so important to your growth and development. Resiliency through fitness and exercise is so healing. We are here to help you turn your struggles into strength. My hope is to offer you resources, knowledge, coaching, and support so that you can be so strong, so healthy, and so empowered. Welcome back to Empowered Rx. I'm your host, Leah, and we are a mentorship program and community that helps women to rebuild their health and fitness after trauma. Something that happens when we experience trauma is that we can easily lose sight of our goals or we go to drastic measures to reach them. Out of desperation, we might spend tons of money and energy into fad diets, trainers, programs, things that sell a quick fix but don't really yield any results, especially with all the stress that you have going on in your life. Today we're gonna be talking about the science of habits. Most people think of habits as something like brushing your teeth or maybe even something like biting your nails. When it comes to sustainable change, we have to understand the science behind habit building in order to truly make things happen. Now, the reason I'm coming to you today is because we're about three months out from the new year, and the new year is one of those times that most people make resolutions or set goals. The three-month period is also the time where we see most people have fallen off the bandwagon and almost have forgotten about those goals. For the people who do have goals that stick, they're more than likely either super hardcore or understand habit building, whether it's instinctual or they've spent time learning how to correctly go about it. Everybody I talk to, all my clients, they put themselves down, they call themselves lazy, they say they're just not capable. This indicates that they believe it's a a willpower issue. I'm here to tell you that it's not. And if we continuously approach goals from a self-worth perspective, we are going to stay in a fixed mindset, which is going to limit our growth. It's going to keep us closed-minded and it's going to hurt our self-confidence. It's going to lower our chance of taking risk and we're going to be afraid to try new things. We're going to be afraid to fail. If we can look at this in a more objective and science-approached way, we will find that we develop not only a better relationship with ourselves, but a better relationship with self-accountability, responsibility, self-trust, and we crush our goals. The first question to ask ourselves is, what even is a habit? People talk about bad habits all the time. They talk about good habits, but they don't realize that habits surround every single thing we do throughout the day. When you go ahead and make your coffee in the morning, You do this without thinking. I take my creamer the same way. I take my Splenda the same way. 
It's instinctual. I could be half asleep, make my cup of coffee, get out the door, drive to work, and not think about it at all. Now that's a habit. But one day I started that habit and it wasn't instinctual and it took me paying attention to what I was doing to make that cup of coffee. But there is a reward system there. I wanted the coffee, I wanted that buzz, I wanted that alertness. Now it's something that I'm just so used to doing that even if I didn't feel like I needed the coffee, I would probably just have it without thinking. Think about how many things you do throughout your day that are like this. Maybe you put your shoes on in the same exact chair every single day. Maybe before you go to bed, you flip through the same exact magazine, or you put your clothes out the night before in the same exact place. These are all small habits, but you did them first for a first time at some point, and then they stuck. If we can understand this and apply it to all of our goals, then one day the things that seem really hard to do are going to come naturally. Now, Habit building is not about willpower and people approach it like it is. They throw themselves at their goals and then they don't stick and they feel defeated. But habit building truly is part of a memory processing system in the brain. And this is part of a survival instinct to conserve energy. If we had to be alert for every single thing that we did throughout the day, Not only would we be expending tons of calories and mental effort, but we wouldn't be able to have energy for anything else in our life. And so these memories and these adaptations happen as a result of our body and brain trying to find efficiency. When we start to try to build a new habit and we go and throw ourselves into it, we have to pay attention to it. We have to give it our energy. We have to give it our time. And this is why we get burnt out. And this is why three months after January 1st, you're not reaching your goals. Let's say that you wanted to lose 10 pounds. Most of us would take the dieting approach. We would find the latest diet. We would throw ourselves into it. We would fall off the wagon and start again. We would start to feel defeated. We'd be severely calorically restricted. We'd see results at some point but we would just be exhausted. And this is because of all the mental energy and effort that it's taking and the resources it's requiring of the body due to that caloric restriction. Now let's say that we took this from a science-based habit-building approach. If my end goal is to lose 10 pounds in the next year, I know that going on a fad diet is going to be a fleeting attempt. What's the best way to do this? Well, we look at people who have the lifestyle that we want or have reached the goal already, and we start to look at the attributes that they possess. Well, people who tend to lose weight successfully and keep it off tend not to yo-yo diet. They are likely to follow a wholesome, nutritious diet where they seek to fuel the body and nourish the body. They also are active on a daily basis and have an exercise routine in place. In addition to this, they're part of a community and they are working normal hours without burning out. Now, if we look at this from a trauma-informed lens, then we have a whole bunch of other things to take into consideration when it comes to building habits. And this is all going to start in the brain. With trauma, the brain tends to operate in a heightened state of alertness. We tend to be more apt to be in that fight or flight mode. And our window of tolerance or our ability to cope with stress is much smaller. 
So for those of us who have experienced trauma and we dive deeply into these diets or we throw ourselves at our goals, not only are we probably not going to reach them, but we're likely going to end up with worse anxiety, with worse sleep habits, um, with worse relationships, and with worse symptoms of trauma. We're going to burn our body out and that's going to make us stay in that fight or flight mode. So what does this mean for us folks who have experienced trauma? Does it mean we're screwed? No, it doesn't. Does it mean we should go work with any personal trainer who's promising a quick fix or to get you ripped by the summer? No, it doesn't. It means that you need to be highly informed about what is going on in your body as it relates to trauma. And you also need to be informed about how to set goals specifically when you've experienced trauma, because it simply just isn't the same. For many of us, trauma impacts our memory processing system. So if we're having an impacted memory processing system and then trying to use that to ingrain new habits, how is that possible? One of those things has got to go. And so what usually happens is we either sacrifice our mental health at the expense of our goals, or we sacrifice our goals to help our mental health. But we don't have to. There's ways to do this that don't have to sacrifice anything. We can reclaim our power. We can reclaim our brains. We can reclaim our ability to reach goals. We just have to take the time to learn. First thing that we really need to consider is our goal alignment. A lot of trauma survivors come to me as a client seeking to lose weight. When we dig a little bit deeper, we see that their drive to lose weight is not for their health, but because of diet culture and beauty standards that have made them feel inadequate. Losing 10 pounds might make them feel good initially, but it's going to stress their body out while they do it, and that self-worth issue is still going to be there. So the first thing we would do in this circumstance is not start our diet. We would start talking about body image. Other people come with the goal of getting stronger. When we dig at their why, they say that they want to be a strong woman. They want to be able to lift weight. They find it as a stress relief. That's a great goal. Weightlifting can be so empowering, but maybe the issue is with consistency. That's not why they're getting any results. They're not showing up because of the stress in their life. Maybe it's because they're not getting sleep at night. So if we go simply into throwing them into a weightlifting routine, but the issue is really one of consistency, which is really an issue about sleep, then we're not really helping our client. So in this case, we would look at sleep. So what I want you guys to do is think about your goal, and then let's remove it three steps backwards. Let's say that you want to run a marathon. Okay, why haven't you yet? Okay, and why haven't you done the thing that you need to do to overcome that? take it back three more steps and that is where you need to start your habit change this means taking a serious look at your life and evaluating your habits on a daily basis we can't get from point a to point b without some sort of change we've all heard the phrase evolve or repeat and we simply need to do that but we can't just throw ourselves into a plan so once you've taken those steps backward we're gonna look at what it is that is the root cause that's keeping us from reaching our goals. And it might not be something enjoyable. It might be something like, I don't know, working on stress management. In order to be able to reach your marathon goal, you're going to have to first approach your stress.
Most people don't do that. They want the instant gratification. They throw themselves into their plan. They get injured. They get defeated. They make it to the finish line super injured, or maybe they don't make it to the finish line at all, or maybe they do, but it wasn't an enjoyable process. If we can understand the root cause that's holding us back from reaching our goals, we can simply troubleshoot it in a very objective way that makes the process not only enjoyable, but allows us to see steady progress. The next thing that we look at is going to be this idea of transference. Oftentimes a client will come to me with what they are struggling with. But once we do some conversation and investigation, we realize that what they're struggling with isn't actually what they came to the table with. So here's what I want you guys to do. I want you to think about some of the similar issues that are showing up in all areas of your life. It could be accountability. It could be stress. It could be conflict. It could be friction. It could be um, feeling burnt out. This is gonna show up not in just our fitness. This will show up in our relationships. If we're working too much, we're not going to have time for family connection. If we're working too much, we're probably stressed out and tense. We might be more irritable with our loved ones. If we're working out too much, we're probably not making time for hobbies we enjoy or for exercise. So is the issue that you're skipping the gym? No. The issue that is seeping into all areas of your life is going to be that you are not having balance. So go ahead, take a moment, pause this if you need to. Think about something that's showing up in every aspect of your life. This is going to be a struggle area, and it's normal. We all have them. For some of us, it might be that we think we always run late. Is showing up late the issue? Well, in some circumstances, yes. What's causing us to run late? Is it that we're hitting snooze in the morning? Of course it is. We're not getting out the door on time. Why are we hitting snooze? The reason we're hitting snooze is not the problem. The actual root problem is that we are exhausted, but we're going to bed at a normal time. Okay, so then why are we going to bed at a normal time and still waking up exhausted? We look at the workout routine of some of these individuals and they're never taking recovery days. So in reality, the root problem there is gonna be focusing on recovery. If we can really learn to reverse map our goals and have an honest look at ourselves as a whole person, we're going to be able to accomplish anything we put our minds to. The empowered goal setting factors that we've gone over so far are goal alignment and transference. The third factor that we're going to talk about is the enjoyment factor, the passion factor. And this is really important because it's what gets us through hard days and it's what keeps us going. If we're doing something out of a self-deprecating need, or we're doing something because somebody else wants us to, and it's not aligned with our true authentic desire, then we are not going to find sustainable change. We might fight our way through a month or two and then give it up, or we might do it for a year by sheer willpower and then drop it and never look back. But if there is an enjoyment factor to this behavior change process, we can actually find joy and that joy is going to bring us back for more and more and it's going to make us see behavior change not as this negative chore, but as a growth opportunity. Again, we're moving from a fixed mindset to one of growth and this is extremely important for the traumatic growth process that we see after trauma. 
There's rumors out there that it takes 21 days to form a habit. And unfortunately, that's just not true. The research shows that it's more like 90 to 120 days. Can you think of anything that you've done every single day for 120 days straight? Brushing my teeth, getting ready in the morning, putting on my clothes, those things I've done pretty much every day in my entire life. Three months is a very long time to track your food perfectly. Three months is a very long time to work out every single day. And if we throw ourselves into something and expect perfection, we will crash and burn. Making it to the gym every single day of the week, Monday through Friday, is probably not a realistic expectation for 90 days. Not to keep it sustainable after that anyways. But what is a sustainable goal is to not hit that snooze button for 90 days. What is a sustainable goal is getting up two minutes earlier every single week to change the time that you're waking up. These things are something that we can see as small, small, habitual change that over time leads to a monumental change. I was struggling with my sleep. I was sleeping maybe three to five hours a night, and I really wanted to be able to get up and work out early before my work, but that would require me to wake up at 5 a.m. every day. And if I was only getting three to five hours of sleep, that really wasn't sustainable. I felt really bad that I wasn't able to cover people's classes early in the morning or able to work out on my own. And it really forced me to jam a lot more things into my day. I was finding that I was feeling burnt out. And the issue really wasn't because I was taking on too much. It was that I wasn't getting enough sleep so that I couldn't wake up at the time that I really needed to fit my schedule. What did I do? Well, the first time I tried this years ago, I just set my alarm for 5 a.m. every day and said, that's it, I'm just gonna do it. Well, I was exhausted. This lasted about two weeks. I was run down and I ended up not feeling well. And then I went back to my old habits. Over the past two years, I've taken a different approach. I've literally woken up earlier, two minutes every week. So if I went from getting up at seven, you can guess that. I started at 6.58 and then 6.56 and 6.54. Every few weeks, I decreased the time that I was in bed by two minutes. I also shifted my bedtime a little bit to accommodate that. Now people will say, well, that's maddening. Okay, but what's more maddening? Changing your alarm every few weeks or crashing and burning when you try to force a new wake-up time? Now, getting up earlier wasn't necessarily enjoyable, but it wasn't a pain or a hassle, and slowly I was starting to find that I was more productive, more energized, and was able to take more time to do things without multitasking, and this showed a full payoff. I'm happily getting up very early every single day, and I'm getting in work, I'm getting in time to rest, and I'm feeling much more balanced. The next thing that we need to take into consideration in our goal-setting factors is friction. Now, this one is something that people tend to overlook. Friction is going to be something, somebody, an idea that comes into your life and shakes things up a little bit. They are the challenger. And this friction is going to be what keeps us going. If a goal is too easy, we lose interest. If a goal is simply too hard, then we lose interest as well. We feel defeated. If a goal is just challenging enough and just outside our comfort zone, or we're being pushed by outside forces just enough, we find a sweet spot where we are motivated and feel capable at the same time. And this creates forward momentum. Okay, so what? 
So we find someone to hold us accountable. We create some friction. Who cares? What does that lead to in the long run? Well, we're going to use a big example here to show just how monumental small amounts of friction over time can be. About 50 years ago, 50% of the population was smoking cigarettes. Today, there's only about 11% of the population that's smoking cigarettes in America. Obviously, the reasons for this are multifactorial. And as we discover more about our health, cancer, and those things, people are going to refrain from these habits even more. But 50% of our population was smoking, and there was a little bit of an addiction thing going on there too. It was really hard for people to just quit. So what happened? Well, the government created friction, doing three things. The first thing they did was they put a tax on cigarettes. That increased the price. The second friction that they created was that they took the cigarettes off the shelves and put them behind the counter. So now anybody that wanted to smoke would have to go up to another human being and ask for those cigarettes. The third factor was that they banned them in public places. This might seem like not a big deal, that it would help the people that are actually not smoking more than it would help the smokers, but it actually benefited the smokers in a huge way because what it did was it created an alertness surrounding that habit. If they couldn't smoke anywhere in their life now, they had to actually stop and process whether it was an okay environment to smoke in, and this created a thought change. All of these small changes over time, in addition to new health information and research, has led to a reduction in a collectively massive habit that was harming other people. We can use this concept of friction in virtually every aspect of our life. If we're a manager, we can use it with our team. If we are you know, struggling with a peer project, we can use it with our peers. If we are having issues in relationships, we can use friction there. We can use it with our own goal setting. We can use it with our clients. It's an extremely effective way to bring about awareness, not in a way that is punishing or cruel or self-deprecating, but in a way that starts to change those brain pathways. The fifth empowered goal setting factor is going to be education. Knowledge is power, and we certainly believe it. Part of our mentorship program is an educational platform that allows women to learn about trauma, to learn about health symptomology, and to learn about behavior modification so they can truly understand the powers that be. Understanding the why behind things that are happening in our life often makes it easier to see from an outside perspective. We can get so wrapped up into the struggle that we feel like it takes over. But if we can realize that our brain is reacting in a certain way that it's been conditioned to, we can start to see it as something we can learn how to undo or control. In a fixed mindset, we look at knowledge as overwhelming. We see people with more knowledge than us as intimidating. And we like to think that maybe we know all that we need to know. And this is truly a defense mechanism for vulnerability and fear, fear of being inadequate. If we have a growth mindset, then learning becomes the catalyst for change. It propels us forward and it allows us to see things from another perspective, which is truly going to contribute to an overall mindset of openness, vulnerability, and it's going to allow you to take risks and new experiences. The more we can learn from the world around us and the people around us, the more we're going to find we are equipped with tools to handle anything that comes our way. 
We're just a few days away from April 1st, the three-month marker from January 1st, where most of you guys set your New Year's resolutions. So I'm going to challenge you to do the exercises that we talked about in this podcast today. I'm going to challenge you to walk through the Empowered 5 goal-setting factors. One, goal alignment. Two, transference. Three, enjoyment factor. Four, friction and five education and if you're really struggling with any of these factors reach out we are here to help you can also find us for more information on www.empoweredrx.org you can head on over there to book a free discovery call and we can start to examine how we can help you best also find us on instagram at empoweredrx thank you guys and here's to setting new goals that actually stick Thank you so much for tuning in today, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any comments or ideas or are inspired or have been touched in any way by the information you heard in today's episode, please reach out and let us know. We love hearing your experiences and your stories. If you're seeking help or just for more information about our programs, you can find us on Instagram at EmpoweredRx, or you can find our website at www.empoweredrx.com rx.org. Feel free to reach out to me personally anytime at Leah, L-E-A-H at empoweredrx.org. We look forward to convening with you next time. Have a great day.